Welcome everybody into the ESPN FC studios alongside Ale Moreno, Shaka Hislop, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We do have a lot to get to, but let's start in the Premier League where Manchester City were taking on Crystal Palace and jumped out to a 2-0 lead early in this one with goals from Jack Grealish and then just after the start of the second half, Rico Lewis. But Crystal Palace rallying, scoring a goal in the 76th minute and then one in stoppage time to steal a point away as the game ends in a 2-2 draw. What does it mean at the top of the table? Well, Manchester City still stuck in fourth place, three points back of your league leaders, Liverpool. All right, for more on this one, let's welcome into the show the World Cup winner, Frank LaBeouf, as well as our good friend and colleague, Don Hutchison. Don, you were calling this match. How? Just explain to me how. How did Manchester City blow this lead? They seem to be in such control. It was the most one-sided game of football, Sebi, I have seen for a long, long time. And until 74 minutes, City were in cruise control. The only thing they didn't really do, which is easy in hindsight, was they didn't put Crystal Palace away. But you would have thought, while all winning 2-0, in control. They thought at that point in the game, possession was king, so they slowed the game down. They kept hold of the ball. They moved it. Palace offered nothing. Then one long ball over the top. Bam, 2-1. All of a sudden, everyone got anxious. At that point, I still didn't feel as though Man City were panicking, but only in the Premier League can a team score a couple of goals so late on when it was so one-sided. And this is not coincidence. Tottenham done it. Liverpool done it. Crystal Palace have done it today. So City are in a little phase where they can't put teams away. And as Shaka said, they are not keeping clean sheets. Yeah, that's uh, three games in a row. All right, okay. Go for, sorry. For, for, first and foremost, this, this narrative only that, that only in the Premier League there are late goals, get out of here with that, Don. Just get, dude. Get. Just get. Only the Premier League there are late goals. Get. Just please. Okay. Please. All right. Okay. me. <laughs> relax, uh, relax. Uh, what do we make of this for Manchester City? Is it is it like the classic smash and grab that you can just brush away, or is there something more here? It's it's been City's feeling for quite some time. Mm. The, the, this is Manchester City totally dominating games, not putting away the, their chances. As, as I said, Grealish scored in, in what the twenty sixth minute, and looking at this, you are surprised that it wasn't three or four mm-hmm. at that point. To to put it in perspective, there's at one point in in the second half that Henderson dives to make a save and catches cramp in both his hamstrings. This is a Crystal Palace goalkeeper. (laughs) That that tells you what was going on inside Crystal Palace's box. Yet still, it it took, well, the the one finish from from Grealish, uh, Rico Lewis, with with his first senior senior goal, you you felt the joy, uh, certainly, for him. But after that, there's this air around Manchester City that they just aren't, they, they just cannot keep clean sheets. Mm. And unless, and, and the longer games go on, the more teams just feel that, that they have a chance. So if on less 74 minutes when, when Palace first score, if City aren't four to the good, you feel you're in it. And, and, and that's all that, that happened with, with Crystal Palace. Oh, two goals to the good, all of a sudden, I, I, it felt like the first time Palace crossed the half line for, for the game. They, they won back of, of Manchester City. And now Manchester City, given their own defensive problems, given all the issues they've been having over recent weeks, they just get very nervy all mm. of a sudden. And, and Crystal Palace make, make the, the, the most of it. But this has been City's story, and I'm not sure how to explain it. I don't think anybody ever saw this coming. Can I, can I take you to, to stoppage time? At a time, right? We, we already went beyond the 90 minutes. It's 2-1. to one. And the ball is in the hands of Ederson. We're talking about probably 92nd minute at this point. 
in the hands of Ederson. They're still in full control of this match. He punts the ball straight out of bounds. Crystal Palace pulls the ball back in play. They lose it again, and it falls onto the feet of Phil Foden. He has possession. Once again, Manchester City have possession of the ball. He loses the ball. Guess what? Crystal Palace goes on the attack. They lose it because they can't create a chance themselves. So the ball gets deflected by Kyle Walker over to the far side, and it falls to the feet of Bernardo Silva. So within 30 seconds, the ball is in the feet or the hands of Manchester City to kill the game off, to possess the ball. What is the thing that Manchester City does better than everybody else in the world? Ball possession. And they're unable to keep possession of that ball. And the same guy that gave the ball away earlier, Phil Foden, 30 seconds earlier, is the one that is now put in a position where he has to defend and does what he did. It's a minute of play in which Manchester City don't do the very basic things that make them a good team. That's why they dropped two points today. Yeah, it's uh, three games in a row at home where they haven't been able to win in league play. The last time that happened was Pep Guardiola's first season at Manchester City. Frank, with what we've seen uh, from City today, how big a worry uh, is this going forward? I, I don't know. Maybe I want to think that uh, that it could be an accident. But I, I, I listen carefully listened to what uh, Ali just mentioned, and uh, and it's what I call tempting the devil. And when you look for just keeping the ball in dangerous uh, area and you are trapped into your, your own skills, it's when the, the danger comes uh, comes out and, and it's when you're punished. And they, it's like they, they're trying to force what it should be only natural, keeping the, the, the ball, but maybe further away. They try to, yeah, to do something maybe too dangerous, too difficult, and maybe not something which should be done right now with the Manchester City uh, way of thinking the game. And, uh, and, and uh, I feel that uh, it can be dangerous if they keep on doing that, but it's still only maybe three tonight, maybe six uh, tomorrow games away from the first in the, in the Premier League. But we all know, and we talked about that yesterday, that they're going to come back. Mm. The people are going to get better. I mean, uh, defensively, yeah, they made mistakes, big mistakes. Uh, but last year, we were... We, we, we saw the same things and we we and they came back. So it's possible to readjust and uh, and do it better. Can I talk about something that I really uh, um, uh, strike me a lot? Is I think that first Edison should have been sent off because if he doesn't make the foul when he goes out, uh, uh, the, the I think it's Mateta can score. I think Lewis is offside for me because I don't think Rodri uh, when he scored the goal because Rodri doesn't touch the ball. And isn't it a foul on Bernardo Silva on the on the on the penalty that Crystal Palace got just just after? I mean, I, I, am I the only one who saw that, or is that just uh, something I, I I invented? Don, you called the game. Is Frank right? Um, he's not right on the on the Mateta going through. Nelson should have been sent off because a he was taking the ball away from goal, and b the covering defender was. Uh, Ruben Diaz. So I can see why Frank thinks that, but by the laws of the game, that's not a sending off. As I said, he took the ball away from goal and Ruben Diaz was on the cover. The, I, I did see the, uh, the potential shirt pull uh, on Bernardo Silva for the, for the penalty at the end. Debatable. I don't think it was clear cut. Uh, and the Rico Lewis one, actually, Frank, I actually agree with you. I've not seen it back, but in real time, I called it. And I think what the VAR have probably looked at, they've probably looked at the ball getting flicked that was quite close to Rodri and it didn't touch Rodri. 
So they probably thought, oh, well, it's clear because exactly. it didn't touch Rodri and it fell to Rico Lewis. The problem, what I saw, again, I could be completely wrong because I've not seen a replay, but I think it was Phil Foden that played the one-two. And once it leaves Phil Foden's foot, Rico Lewis is then in an offside position. Maybe the VAR would check in, as I said, for a touch from from Rodri, but I've not, I've not seen it back yet, so I couldn't say that for 100%. Uh, may I? I think what the interpretation was there, I think, guessing, but I think Schlub makes an attempt to mm -hmm. play the ball, mm -hmm. and it's, a, it's, it, it, it's now an intentional attempt to play the ball. He misplays the ball and now falls into the path of Rico Lewis. That's why then Rico Lewis is played on side. That, that, that's, that's how I saw it as well. I, I think the last touch before Rico Lewis is off, is off of Schlub. And as a result, though it doesn't, doesn't touch anybody, though Ruben Diaz makes a play for it, um, goal stands. Um, quickly for you, Don, Pep Guardiola hammered his team after this game. I mean, it was really harsh. But he only made one sub, and he waited until stoppage time. Is any of this on the city manager? Not really. Um, it was a question that was posed to me afterwards. Um, uh, Sebi, it was one of them games where they were absolutely in cruise control. It was 2-0. And I was really disappointed at Crystal Palace's game plan. And if Man City play this Crystal Palace team the way Palace approached the game with zero effort to go forward and just have like, you know, a flat back five and, and a four in front and Matef up front on his own, Man City win this game 99 times out of 100. So I only think at the end of the game you can look back and go, what? that was just an anomaly. It was just really, really strange. Obviously, it's a worry and it can't be, it's not coincidental because as I said before, they've done it against Liverpool and they've done it against Tottenham. So that is a worry. I think the biggest worry for Crystal Palace, uh, for Man City fans now is obviously City go away to the Club World Cup. And when they come back, I'm pretty sure I think they play Everton in a couple of weeks' time. How many points then will they be adrift by then? They were banking on three points last week against Luton. They got that. And they were banking on three points today. They've dropped two. Mm. What sort of shape will they be in when they come back? They could be eight or nine behind. Yeah. Uh, no Erling Holling, of course, and worth mentioning today for uh, Manchester City as they draw 2-2. Despite that, they are still, at the moment, the odds-on favorites to win the Premier League. Frank, should Manchester City still, after what we saw today, be your Premier League title favorites? Uh, for me, yes. Yes, and I already say that uh, yesterday, I think it would never change because, because we saw them coming back so many times. Uh, last year is the best example. They were far away from Arsenal. We all we already said they're gonna go. They're gonna come back, and this is what we feel. This is what we see, and they will. They will have a reaction at some point. They will have a reaction. We're still early in the season, and I'm thinking that around the end of February we're gonna see Manchester City getting uh, getting to their best, and it's when you know Liverpool, Arsenal, maybe Aston Villa or some others. Uh, needing to get lots of points ahead if they don't want to be catched up. Frank has a lot of confidence here that City mm. can kind of flip that switch. You guys share it? I share the fact that Manchester City is going to get better. And, and, and I agree with that. And eventually when they get healthier, you have to believe that Manchester City will get better. But if indeed they're going to make this comeback that Frank is talking about, the one thing that they have to get back to and what made them successful last season and perhaps gets overlooked is that they defended really well in the second half of the season, which they haven't done at all this season. They are finding ways how to give up goals and how to, and more concerning, how to give up late leads. It's happening way too many times. It's become now more of a trend. It seems like a characteristic of this group. And guess what? We're not the only ones making that observation. 
teams playing against Manchester City now know that very well. And so that fear factor that you may have had against Manchester City now becomes sort of a hope factor. that like you go down against Manchester City, we can come back against this team because everybody has come back against Manchester City this season. You still taking them, Shaka? Um, today, my, after what you saw today? No. no I, I, I've all but lost confidence in, in City being able to turn this around defensively. A few weeks ago, um, I, I think it was the previous, previous Champions League game against Leipzig, I, I said I felt defensively they conceded two awful goals there as well. Um, I felt defensively there was this commitment to playing total football and not just dealing with the situation. And again today against, against Crystal Palace, some, what, three or four weeks on from that, there's this commitment to playing total football and not just doing what's needed in the moment. If you can recognize that three or four weeks ago and it's not been addressed at this point and things just continue, at what point do you turn around? And I'm sorry, at this point I'm thinking, well, they're going to stick with this and hope that things kind of pan out as it did last season. I think Arsenal are way better than they were last season. Liverpool are way better than they were last season. Man City have, are not showing the kind of promise that they did. I, I don't see City winning it. Don, what about you? You agree with Shocker or you agree with Frank that City are going to be able to turn this around and win the Premier League? No, I think there's moving parts to this. I think as it stands today, I've got them joint favourites with Liverpool. But in two weeks' time, I mean, Liverpool play Man United tomorrow and then their next home game after that is Arsenal. So if Liverpool go back-to-back wins against Man United and Arsenal, we could have a new favourite. Um, I, 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 I don't see Arsenal, um, not with any confidence because they're playing well, but I just think they're something short. I don't think they've, got the, I don't think they've got, got the goals in the number nine. I think Jesus works incredibly hard, but he's not Haaland. He's not going to get 20-odd goals. And Ketia, I like. He works hard. I think he's underrated, but I think they're missing that X factor. So listen, as I said before, if Liverpool beat Man United and beat Arsenal, we've got a new favourite. Mm. Uh, Shaka, just quickly, to your point about the clean sheets, the last clean sheet for City, November 7th against Young Boys in Champions League. Before that, the last one in the Premier League, late October, the 3-0 win against Manchester United. That's how long it's been since they were able to keep a clean sheet. Manchester City dropping points at home in a 2-2 draw against Crystal Palace. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Chelsea taking on Sheffield United. Stamford Bridge. This one's scoreless through the opening half into the second half. And Cole Palmer... Going to open the scoring for Chelsea. Raheem Sterling into the box and Palmer with the finish. That's a nice finish from Palmer who arrives late. But this is about Raheem Sterling just back off and, and giving a channel to run into. And nobody can stay with Raheem Sterling with that kind of acceleration. Nice finish from Palmer. A few minutes later, more from Chelsea. Palmer involved again. Raheem Sterling through. He's pulled down to Palmer. Live to it. No whistle. And Nico Jackson slams home to make it two. Foul. Give me a foul. Okay, actually, no, no foul. Tap it. Nicholas Jackson. My kind of range. Hey, Shaq, Shaq. I'm deadly from there, Shaq. And uh, Chelsea then at home picking up all three points in the 2-0 victory over Sheffield United goals from Palmer and Jackson seven minutes apart in the second half. And what does it mean for the Premier League table? Well, it's good news for Chelsea uh, because they are out of the bottom half of the Premier League and up into 10th. Sheffield, meanwhile, mired at the uh, bottom of the Premier League. Frank, uh, it's a good result for Chelsea. What about the performance? Oh, my God. The first half, you know, I was wondering if I was watching, if I was watching Chelsea Football Club or another club, you know, from the 
championship or even with all due respect, even in the bottom of that. I mean, they played against Sheffield United. There's six shots, on, uh, six shots in the first, first half against the, a team who conceded more than 40 goals this season so far. They are nothing, except maybe Mudrich, who in two, three occasions did something different from the others, trying to, you know, uh, disorganize, disturb Sheffield United. Otherwise, you are nothing. Even him, at the end, he was very clumsy and everything. I saw one guy, Archer, on the other side. You know, we had a very good opportunity and, and could have scored. But otherwise, nothing. Mm. And I said, what's going to happen the second half? Yeah, second half was better. I mean, I was laughing like uh, Ali and Shaka on the with you uh, when I saw the second goal. That's absolutely Chelsea, scoring goals, <laughs> not, not planning it, not planning it, let's say. But, but they won, 2-0, job is done. I was happy to see Nkunku uh, uh, just warming up on the bench. Well, I so much want him to, uh, to, to play. Let's see how it works, uh, because for me, uh, Nicola Jackson's or even Breuer. Breuer had the mm. big chances to score three yards away, put it up to the stands. I want to see proper striker and uh, hopefully Nkuku will handle the, 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 the pressure. But I want to see somebody else and I want to see uh, performances and good performances mm. from Chelsea. You know the quality of a game when the highlight for Frank was <laughs> Nkunku warming up. Nkunku's warming up! Yeah! Exactly. The uh, statistics from the first half, Chelsea had like 80% possession all for uh, one shot on target, so they weren't very, very effective there. He's not lying about that, uh, yeah, about that but, first but, 45 minutes. Uh, but also, it is a win. I mean, this is a team that's lost back-to-back -back games, Manchester United, and Everton. Don, I mean, it is a, uh, it is a huge three points, isn't for Chelsea and Mauricio Pochettino? It's three points, Sabi. I'm not sure it's huge because they're just unreliable. You can't, you can't get excited when you watch Chelsea. You want to because it's Chelsea, but they are a million, million miles away from where they used to be. And they have got some fast players. They've got some dynamic players, but I don't see a lot of sense when I'm on the pitch. I don't see someone with a, I don't want to say brain, but, I, you know, someone with a high-level high level football IQ that can dictate the play and, you know, I mean, I was chatting to a mate of mine, a Liverpool fan, and it was like, you look back at the transfer window and you go, Liverpool nearly bought Caicedo, but Chelsea's plan was, oh, we'll buy him. And then Liverpool said, all right, then we'll buy Lavia. And then Chelsea went, oh, we'll buy him. And they were just panic buying everywhere. And you look at, like, Mudrick, who I really, really want to love, but he's also, like, he's too fast. He needs to slow down. Cole Palmer's the brains of the outfit at the top of the pitch where he's going to be an amazing player. But, you know, Reese James, I don't, there's a stat with Reese James, he's not played three games in a row for something like close to two years. Thiago Silva's still one of their best centre-halves and he's 39. It's like, we just don't know what we're watching week to week and nine times out of ten, they're going to lose. But when they play a team in and around the bottom four or five, they might pick up a win. But that doesn't really sort of, it just sort of papers over the cracks a little bit until they play a top side again. All right, there. So uh, Chelsea picking up three points. Not very impressive to the panel uh, at home Sheffield against United. Sheffield United. And Gunku! One yet! Elsewhere in the Premier League, Newcastle taking on Fulham. What's going on with your guy here? So. I don't know. <laughs> this is not my highlight of the game. 20 minutes in, Raul Jimenez, the Mexican international, taking out uh, Sean Longstaff. Initially a yellow, but they this do. had me rolling. Raul Jimenez <laughs> just decides, I'm going to jump as high as I can in the air and just hip thrust Longstaff straight in the nose. 
<laughs> oh, goodness. What, what's happening, Seth? What's going on with what's going on your guy, Seth? I mean, he's been scoring goals of late. He's having a little bit of a revival, but uh, <laughs> right. he, there. he gone. Pull him down to 10 men in the second half. Newcastle finally going to break through here in the uh, 57th minute. The 17-year-old, Lewis Miley. A little bit of touch and tackle here from Bruno Guimaraes, but it doesn't matter. Lewis Miley finds that far pose. Great moment for him. Eight minutes later, more from Newcastle. Miguel Almiron, 2-0. Yeah, Callum Wilson thinks he's being fouled and almost taking a page out of Chelsea's book. He goes down, he's appealing. Almiron following in the play has an easy tapping. <laughs> almost missed it. Newcastle after the all right. Champions League elimination midweek. Finding oh, some joy yes. here. Bruno yes. Guimaraes to Dan Byrne. Little hip thrust action to put it in. Yes. Uh, Wonderful tap in. <laughs> You're out. 3 nothing. Newcastle. 3-0 winners over Fulham, who did play most of that match with 10 men after the red card dismissal to Raul Jimenez. <laughs> What's going on with your voice? Seth? So bitter, so bitter about that. My man's red hot. <laughs> and then he goes and does that. Uh, but, but a big result for Newcastle, yeah? Yeah, a big result kind of given how things have been going for, for Newcastle United. We've, we've spoken about their run of games, their injury list. They now have a couple more mm -hmm. added to it with Shaw coming off, with Joel Linton coming off. Uh, for Miley's goal, Bruno Guimara seemed to pick up a little bit of a knock, but he just kind of ran that off. At one point, Byrne was going, and you just, you just couldn't help but think, how much worse is this going to get for, for Eddie Howe and Newcastle United? But even with those injuries, you're still ultimately want to, wanting to get the result. You can use those injuries as an excuse, of course, rightly so. But kind of given the disappointments of the last couple of weeks, they needed to put three points on the board. That's what Newcastle United did. As I say, the downside, adding to the injury list, but a step in the right direction. Big win, Don, but as Shaka says, it came at an awfully high cost, didn't it? Yeah, we lost a couple of players, but a couple of players come back. Um, you know, Dan Byrne was back. I think that Sven Botman come off the bench as well, which is huge. But I think the major plus is uh, Lewis Miley scoring his first goal at 17 at St. James's Park in front of the Gallagher end. And the roar, I'm being told, was unbelievable for the young kid getting his first goal. So, listen, Seb, after a difficult couple of weeks losing against Milan in the, in the Champions League, but even more so back-to-back -back defeats on the road, when you're carrying an injury list, it can be hard. They lost to Everton, lost to Tottenham. They were crying out for a home game. And I'll fancy Newcastle against anyone at St. James's. So, yeah, big three points out against Fulham. Newcastle then. 3-0 winners up to 6th uh, in the Premier League table. Let's check out the rest of the scores from Saturday's action in the Prem. Uh, Everton, big win. 2-0 against Burnley. Uh, results there that pull Everton uh, out of the drop zone. And then the Lutontown-Bournemouth match, there you see, was abandoned after Tom Lockyer collapsed due to cardiac arrest. You'll remember a similar situation in the Championship playoff final back in May, Lockyer was taken to the hospital where he is in stable condition and reportedly is responsive. So some good news there to a scary incident in the match between Luton Town and Bournemouth. And here's what the bottom half of the Premier League looks like. Uh, Sheffield and Burnley both losers on the day. They are mired there at the bottom of the table. Everton, as we mentioned, up above uh, the danger line as they pick up a big three points in the victory over Burnley. All right, that's the action from Saturday. What about on Sunday? Liverpool, Manchester United at Anfield. The last time these two teams played there, oh, just 7-0. And I think that's reflected here in most of our 
predictions with the obvious exception of Frank LaBeouf. Well, I guess when you're the World Cup winner, you can kind of do what you want. He's picking a draw here. We got his explanation on, uh, on yesterday's show. I still don't know that I'm convinced. Uh, Don, you've gone for a big win for Liverpool here. You're very confident they're going to get the job done. I can't see what Frank is thinking. What are you thinking there? What are you thinking there, Frank? It's a well, Liverpool win all day long. Done. Done. I even, even, I even more think the way I was thinking yesterday when I gave that prediction because I saw Luis Garcia, former two teams today, drawing or losing. So I'm saying, oh. um, why not Liverpool doing the same bad thing? You know, hey. and that's going to be the Luis Garcia weekend, bad weekend. <laughs> no. But I explained yesterday. I explained yesterday that when you have a, a wounded beast on the corner, which is the metaphor for Manchester United, be careful that it doesn't attack you. And uh, it's too given to Liverpool, according to you and the others, that I give a slight chance to Manchester United to, I don't know, recover from, from their past, mm -hmm. let's say. Let's I'm, see. I'm not sure who considers Manchester United a beast. <laughs> you know who does? <laughs> Jurgen Klopp. He said that the, after 7-0, the team that lost 7-0 is in a better spot than the team that won 7-0. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Ola, Jurgen Klopp what? would say that. He has to say that. As a, as a manager going up against another team, you don't want to give them any kind of, any kind of suggestion that, that this is going to be a, a walkover. But we're over here. What I think Frank was doing mm -hmm. uh -huh. is Frank was guaranteeing a Liverpool win because we know from experience mm -hmm. when everybody on the panel picks one yes. team, yes. Yes. invariably they lose. So Frank figured everybody's going to pick Liverpool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to guarantee it by going for a draw. Mm. Well, good thinking, well, Frank. Frank LaBeouf mind games. Yeah, what, you never know. <laughs> what, what, how wounded does the beast have to be in order to not be as dangerous and fight back? Because Manchester United, <laughs> let, if indeed we're going to go down this path of this analogy that Frank is using, man, they've taken a lot of wounding. <laughs> they are wounded. And I mean wounded. Yeah. Critically injured. To so that point, well, we okay, had... Uh, okay. Go let, on, Frank. In, let's say that... Let's say, let's say that tomorrow they draw, Manchester United draw, or, or they win. I want you to, to record that mm -hmm. and rewind that, and I want to listen to that the next time I'm in the show. Okay, I want to see that. And what if, and really what if Manchester United gets hammered? Are we going to run that tape back <laughs> as well? Or just only if it works out for you? No, because it's just normal. It's just normal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. hey, we're back to Canada and Denmark in the World Cup again. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How wounded Ali this uh, Manchester United team uh -huh. is. We had Mark Ogden, who you know is our uh, Manchester correspondent, come up with what he thinks is a probable, a possible 11 against Liverpool. I mean, obviously they're not at full strength, but does anybody in this 11 for Manchester United, does anybody shock get into a Liverpool 11? Can't tell Liverpool 11? <laughs> no. Go, try, 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 Shaq. Do it. It's 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 odd that the two names I'm 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 drawn to, and I don't think they get into a, a Liverpool eleven. I think the two probably highlights, if you want to call it that, of, of this season: mm -hmm. Luke Shaw at left back and the teenager Manu in, in, in midfield, who's who's been very good when you when when we've seen him. But but that's about it. And and again, not that they're going to get into Liverpool eleven by by any stretch of anybody's imagination. But just that things otherwise have been so disappointing, uh, that's 
This, this is kind of like Unkunku warming up all over again. <laughs> that's, that's the highlight. And, 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 and when I say wounded, mm-hmm. it's not so much about who's available and who's not for Manchester right. United. The scars for this team are physical, are mental, are everywhere. It's the club, it's the environment, it's the coach. Nothing points to a Manchester United win or a Manchester United performance. Mm-hmm. We're, we're reaching. We're really reaching. We are in the Canada-Denmark finals sort of <laughs> frank of reaching in the World Cup. Yes, that, that's how much we're reaching. I'm not willing to reach that far. Nothing points to a Manchester United draw except... Yeah. Except for Frank LaBeouf. And you know that, uh, that carries an awful lot of weight uh, around here in the ESPN FC studios. We will, of course, be back in these studios tomorrow and covering Liverpool against Manchester United on the next edition oh, of please, the show. Please, Lord, don't let Manchester United win. Because <laughs> we might be rolling back some tape. We no, might no, be rolling no, back no. some tape. Actually, if they win, Frank is wrong as well. <laughs> now we give Frank that. We give Frank that. We give, I'll give it Friday win as well. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus seven days a week. Also on ESPN Plus the Carabao Cup next week as we hit the quarterfinal round on Tuesday. We got a triple header: Chelsea, Newcastle, Port Vale, Middlesbrough, Everton, Ooh. Fulham, and then just the one match on Wednesday: the Stevie Shaka Showdown, Liverpool against West Ham, 3 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesday, right here on ESPN. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Barcelona visiting Valencia on Saturday and after jumping out to a lead in the 55th minute through Joao Felix, Hugo Guillamón equalized for the home side in the 70th and Barcelona and Valencia splitting points at Mestalla. As for the La Liga table, Barcelona, thanks to the point acquired, jump a point ahead of Atletico Madrid and into third place, but still some considerable gap between them, Real Madrid and Girona, both of whom will be action in action later this weekend. For more on this, let's welcome into the show our good friend and colleague and ex-Barcelona man himself, Luis Garcia. Luis, what happened in that second half? Barcelona grabbed the lead, looked to be in control, and suddenly it fell apart. Yeah, it looks, uh, looked promising. The, the, the second 45 minutes for Barcelona, they looked more solid at the back. No, not feeling that vulnerability we saw in the recent games, controlling the game. 
creating chances, but until then, I think that once again we saw uh, Barcelona that is feeling so much pressure that when they arrived the last day, the players just kind of blocked themselves because it's not even one or two or three chances that they had in front of goal. They're just missing so many. And the last uh, it arrived in the second half, but when you are right there, that's an amazing chance for Ferran Torres. You have to finish it. That's a, a, an opportunity that Xavi gives you if you are right, uh, getting to the second, second half to finish it and put the second goal for Barcelona and maybe to put this game to bed. But it's not only Ferran Torres, it was Rafinha, it was Lewandowski. So many occasions that uh, Barcelona arrived in a good position to uh, end up this game and didn't do it. So once again, we have to talk uh, about a good Barcelona but not good enough to get the three points. And they will have to wait and see because uh, Girona now is going to play on Monday, Real Madrid has to play, and maybe the guy is going to get better. So not a good Barcelona, not a 100% good Barcelona, and uh, a lot of doubts on Xavi's size because if the gap continue getting open, maybe we are talking about that uh, the league for Barcelona is out of the race. Of course, this draw follows back-to-back uh, -back defeats this week for Barcelona. How disappointing is the result? Extremely disappointing because... Luis just mentioned that they were in full control of the match in the second half. And yes, that is the case. But what we are seeing from Barcelona, and if we just, we're not even going to reflect on the rest of the season, just this week alone. If I were to, right now, make the decision, I'm going to coach a team. I'm, I'm going to coach my kids' team. This is what I'm going to do, right? Uh -huh. And I put a video together, a video package of how not, how not to play defensively. All I have to do is go back to Girona, Royal Antwerp, and this game by Barcelona, and just show that on repeat. Because it's every variation of defensive mistakes that you can come up with if you're Barcelona. Just when you thought that they were in control, just when you thought that they were playing well defensively, that they had been more solid, what happens? Ball bounce once, ball bounce twice. And then, on the rebound, nobody steps and pressure at the top of the 18-yard box. We're not talking about not pressure in the midfield. We are talking about a player who's dribbling into your box, and there is no pressure from coming from anybody in Barcelona. Everybody just ball watching, nobody reacting, nobody making a play, and we're seeing too much of that from Barcelona's perspective. If indeed they're a serious contender for this title or for anything that truly matters this season. This lack of defending and these mistakes that Barcelona made against Girona last weekend, that they made against Royal Antwerp in the midweek in Champions League, and what they made today, they continue to happen. And again, I'm only talking about this week, but I can tell you with certainty, because I've sat here and watched it time and time again, they've been doing this all year. Shaka, how do we explain it? Um, obviously, it's worth looking. We're looking at the starting 11 right now. There is no Ter Stegen. But this team was so good defensively. I mean, by far the fewest goals conceded in La Liga a year ago. How are they having so many problems in that same area now? The, with the same manager in charge? Defending comes down to basics. And, and just being willing to, to do the simple things, sometimes the ugly things, um, and, and deal with it as, as it comes. You cannot. You cannot excuse that goal that you saw against Valencia. I mean, talk about defending basics. The ball goes half a mile in the air and nobody gets it to, to the bottom of it. And, and that just speaks to a, a team that I, I think, while we could all point to lacking leadership, I would probably be right uh, about Barcelona defensively. Nobody takes any kind of initiative uh, in, and around, in and around the box. But it, it's just about doing the simple things that you expect any defender to do. Every single defender at this level of the game has to be able to head a ball. Yet nobody 
gets himself in any kind of position. Not once, but twice. The ball bounces, loops back up in the air, and still nobody's anywhere near to it. Um, um, that is, uh, to, to Ali's point, that, that really is under 12 stuff. You, you, don't, you don't see that at, at any higher level. Barcelona cannot continue doing that and expect to get away with it. As a manager, what, what do you do? What's the fix? Is it, is it personnel? Is it tactics? Well, I think at some point you start babying this team and you take the gloves off and you say, look, the pressure is going to come. He, he, Xavi continues to complain about the pressure that is being put on this team. Guess what? <laughs> In a game that you deemed as a final, mm -hmm. you did not come up with a result. So don't you think there's more pressure that is going to come around your team? Huh? That people are not going to criticize your team? Of course. How do you get this pressure off of you? It's by performing. And to that point, then you do the things. There has to be a shape that this team can get to when they are struggling defensively. There has to be a plan that they need that, that for them is step number one. When we're struggling, when we're hanging on, when we're defending, what is it that we need to do? And it's to the point that Shaka was making. The basics of defending. What, what do we need to protect? What do we need to do in order to make sure that we're not beaten in moments in which we're controlling the game? How do we not get stretched so that moments of transitions continue to expose us time and time again? These are, when, these are not questions that are, are groundbreaking. This is, this is not, we're not trying to break some sort of new pattern of play here and coming up with a new idea. At some point, this comes to the responsibility of the players in taking on the pressure that comes with playing for Barcelona and being able to deliver on a consistent basis. And we have to say that this group of players this season has been more concerned about the pressure than their performances. And until they start performing, the pressure will continue to come. Luis, I wonder from your perspective, what do you think the solution is here for Barcelona? And is there a solution? Can this team get out of this tailspin that really started back in late October when they blew the lead against Real Madrid in El Clasico, we're looking at the splits now. It was, a, it was one season before that game, and seemingly, Luis, since it's been a totally different campaign and a totally different Barcelona team. Yeah, definitely a, a totally different team. Uh, if we talk about the confidence of the players, this kind of mistake that we are talking about, the basic mistake, attacking the ball into the box, that's something that they, they will teach you when you are 12. But... There is something uh, that it goes far, far from that because you cannot teach that. You cannot tell the players every single moment what they have to do. You have to know what you have to do. You have to have the awareness when you are in the box and what is happening around. Kunde is following the player. When there is a striker uh, coming towards you, you cannot make that, uh, that mistake because you are inside the box. One mistake into the box is going to cost you a goal. And that's something that a manager cannot tell you every single uh, training. It's something that you need to understand. And right now, we've been talking about the leadership, we've been talking about communication, some things that it has to happen into the game by the players, not by the manager. The manager is going to set you up on the field, he's going to tell you what the things are going to look like, I'm playing against Barcelona, and give you a few tips. After that, it's on your own. You have to make the decision. You have to take the decision to, I'm going to go and jump to that ball that is flying nowhere, he's coming with a little bit of snow because he went so high, and I'm going to tag it. Don't let it bounce once or twice because you're going to give the advantage to the opponent. So I think it's not only about the manner, it's about the players. They have to start thinking about themselves, understanding what is happening into the field and making a step forward, taking the decision and make and, and try to be a little bit more leaders because on the field, you are the ones who have to take care of the things, not the man, waiting for the manager to tell you what to do.
So there we have it. Uh, Valencia and Barcelona playing to a 1-1 draw at Mestalla. As we mentioned, a missed opportunity for Barca. They do go a point ahead of Atletico Madrid, but Atleti uh, with a really poor performance away against Atletic Club earlier in the day. We'll pick this one up in the 35th minute. Atletic Club attacking Nico Williams uh, into the box. Hacked down here, no doubt about it. We're going to the spot. Yeah, it's a nice cut by Nico Williams. Trillian leg. I don't think there's any doubt about it. That's a penalty. Some doubts here. Uh, hey. Johan Sanchez way, way off target. Missing the penalty as Atletic Club Blow an opportunity to take the lead. It would stay scoreless into the second half. Iñaki Williams taking over, digging it out of the corner, and then it's Gorka Guruseta heading it in to make it 1-0. Everybody ball watching from Atletico Madrid. Nobody picks up Gorka Guruseta at the far post. It's a beautiful ball from Ander Herrera. Nice finish, 1-0. They need a second, the home side, and they'll get it here in the 64th, and in spectacular fashion from Nico Williams. Again, just finding himself in that channel. Two defenders back off, give him just a half a yard, too much space, and Nico Williams produced an incredible finish. And there you have it, both goals coming in the second half for Athletic Club, who win 2-0 over Atletico Madrid. Of course, uh, Luis played for Atleti during his days in La Liga, so we asked what happened to one of your teams in Barcelona. Now we got to ask what happened to this team in Atletico Madrid. It's a good Madrid. day for Luis. It's a good <laughs> day for Luis. Very disappointing performance. Give what do you me, make of it, give Luis? Me <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break, guys. Definitely Atletico Madrid wasn't on today's game uh, as intense as uh, normally they are and probably in the one of the worst games because when you play against Atletico Club de Bilbao one thing is for sure that they're going to bring is that intensity that pressure is that run is that fight if you cope with that maybe you'll have the chance of getting something from a team that is doing so well this season Atletico Club don't forget these six or two points behind Atletico de Madrid and Atletico after playing at the midweek uh, in Champions League competition Players look, uh, they didn't look sharp, they look tired, they look a little bit blocked, very plain, the team. Um, Simone tried to make some changes, but I think that they, they didn't work today. A lot better Atletico de Bilbao and Atletico de Madrid that they are still having a, a game in hand and maybe winning it, they will get closer to the top two. But definitely today is all about Athletic Club because they deserve the three points. Athletic Club, 2-0 winners uh, at home over Atletico Madrid. Let's let Luis get some rest. I mean, uh -oh. a tough day, tough day yeah, between yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Barcelona Difficult. and... Uh, Difficult. Difficult. If he tosses it, i it all day. <laughs> Our guy, Luis uh, Garcia, as always, getting it done here on ESPN FC. Here's a look ahead at the rest of the La Liga schedule this weekend. Real Madrid in action tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time start against Villarreal and your league leaders right now, Girona, they play on Monday at home against Alaves. That one starts Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Big news out of La Liga. Sevilla, after falling 3-0 to Getafe, have fired their manager, the Uruguayan Diego Alonso, after just 14 matches in charge. Uh, let's get back, though, to Barcelona, who again drew 1-1 against Valencia. Here's Gemma Soler postgame with Xavi Hernández. Xavi, this was a crucial game. You managed to, to improve, but how frustrating is this draw? Well, all the team uh, are frustrated because we dominate the game, we create many chances to score. And I think again, again, uh, we didn't uh, uh, do the, the chances to score. Uh, it, it, was a miss, it was a pity that the, the, the missing of effectivity, uh, just this. The rest, I think, uh, maybe the, the goal that we concede, we cannot concede this goal, but, of, but especially the effectivity was the, the, the key point today. Talk about effectivity. It's true that uh, against Girona you had uh, 31 chances, today 16. Um, how can you improve that? Is there also a matter of self-esteem of the players, maybe, happening now? To give confidence, I think, is the key point now. Uh, give confidence to the players. Uh, we create many chances, we play so well, we dominate the game. I think it was a game for, for winning, but uh, okay. Uh, we have to brief all the season, it's just, it's just what happened. We need to improve, we need to keep going, of course, and give confidence to the players. So, talking about uh, defence, uh, there was a mistake on the first minute, then in the, the game, uh, when the goal of Valencia, there's also uh, um, misattention. Uh, how can you work that? How can you improve it? Yes, we need to be more focused, because I think uh, Valencia just created two chances because our, from our mistakes. And, and then uh, we miss many, many chances. It's just one point, it's not enough for us, we need to keep going and this is a long trip but uh, of course we need, to, we need to win this kind of games. The final one, you said this was a final, you didn't get the, the victory but do you think you can still win La Liga? Yes, we can, of course. It's a long trip, uh, we need to believe. Uh, today is a, it's not a step forward, of course, that, uh, we, that we want but uh, we need to keep going, just this. The interview with Xavi Hernandez, and she joins us now here on ESPN FC. Uh, Gemma, we talked to you at halftime, and you described the body language of the Barcelona players. I wonder what you saw in, in the second half of the game, and was there any improvement there? 
Yes, uh, Seb, I, I saw an improvement in the second uh, half and actually they, they, they managed to get the rival tired and managed to, to get the lead with that Joao Felix goal and they were playing uh, probably at their best of the last games. But then once again, a mistake in defence, they are not being solid, they are not applying a high pressure uh, in efficient way and... Uh, you can still see that body language. Uh, uh, they create so many chances and it's like they don't have enough self-confidence. And I've seen that uh, when Valencia managed to get that draw. Once again, the, the self-esteem goes down, the self-confidence and the players go nervous. And, and I think it's all a mental issue that they are, apart from the football uh, problems that they are facing right now, there is a mental issue. And actually, apart from Xavi, we managed to talk to Pedri at the end of the game. He was devastated. He was frustrated. And just before the interview, he was just looking at one point, like couldn't explain himself why uh, they, they cannot uh, take these uh, games. Last season, they were getting victories in this kind of games. Uh, this kind of games with a close rival this year, uh, Getafe, Mallorca, uh, this uh, here in Valencia, uh, they just can get draws and they cannot win La Liga with only one point and after one point. Gemma, you're from Barcelona, you live there now. There's been this back and forth all week, whether this is kind of really a crisis or not. What do you think the response will be to this result back in Barcelona? And are we looking at Xavi actually being on the hot seat, actually being under pressure for his job. No, not yet. Um, there's in, we've seen an improvement. It's not enough, but the, the, the team played better. And uh, it's, it's not the fact that everyone believes in, in Xavi and that he's able to turn this situation around, but there is not a, a, a real substitute that Barcelona can afford taking it. It would probably... And Nowadays, it's on the debate on, on, on the media outlets in, in Catalonia and in Spain. And this would be an internal one, Rafa Márquez. And the board of members, I think they are still not very sure that this will be the, the salvation for Barca. So I think we're talking about the Xavi, that, that there is patience. He's a legend from Barcelona. And, and that we know there are some issues with the, with the squad. It's a short squad and they have had some injuries and some kind of problems. Uh, so there will be patience. But of of course, the, the criticism and the tension that we've lived the last uh, hours, it, we will be probably seeing it again in, in the next few days. There she is, yeah, Gemma Soler, joining yeah, right, us yeah. live you, from you didn't care. You didn't care until she said Rafa Marquez, and all of a sudden it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you know me, you know what? me. I love me some L3 legends, uh, but... Not yet, not yet. Rafa Marquez will surely uh, have his moment uh, when the time arrives in Barcelona. Thanks we'll again, see. Gemma. We'll see. Thank you uh, very much. La Liga action actually continuing this week here on ESPN+. Plus. Match day 18, a midweek match day running Tuesday through Thursday. Barcelona will be at home against Almería on Wednesday. Meanwhile, Real Madrid away to Alaves on Thursday. And Girona, your league leaders, they're also in action on Thursday away to Real Betis. From Spain to Syria, Napoli picked up a 2-1 win over Cagliari today, which moves them uh, into the top four. Everybody's still chasing Inter. They'll play Lazio tomorrow. AC Milan also in action on Sunday as they'll face Monza. Of course, there'll be much more on Serie A on the next edition of the Gab and Jules show. Make sure to download every Monday and every Thursday. You can check it out over on the website ESPN.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. To the top flights in the Netherlands. Here to visit on ESPN Plus. Four games available for you tomorrow. PSV so far, perfect in league play, they'll look to continue that away from home against AZ Alkmaar. Of course, uh, PSV is the team of CONCACAF, and as such, they are very much the team of Football America. Oh, there's the connection. Crossover. Synergy. We really took the scenic route. You said we were stretching. You said we were stretching <laughs> Man United Liverpool. We <laughs> stretching there. Uh, Football Americas, which should, honestly, we should Photoshop Shaka onto that for the amount that you've I, I, been I on of late. I my appearance. Uh, so there we have it. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of ESPN FC. You'll be loving it for Little America. Oh, you have no idea. For uh, Ale Shaka and Seb here in studio, we're not quite done because oh, in just a few no. seconds, we are going to be joined by Don Hutchison for the next edition of Extra Time. Please do stay with us. Hey, we're back, baby. I don't know if I ever did the uh, gunpoint. I'm pretty, pretty sure. <laughs> well, you should add it. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a go-to. It, 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 it feels very semi, doesn't it? The uh, Valencia very mascot today. How about those moves? Oh, great dancing from the Did you Valencia. see the Valencia mascot? No, I didn't. You weren't oh. watching our pregame, Chaka? Oh, what were you doing? No. That was so important. I, I went to Hartford to buy food for you, you by did, the way. Actually, that jerk chicken. Woo, that hit there the spot. There you go. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get any jerk chicken shit. Uh, it was a special request from, well, uh, I see. from everybody. When you work on multiple shows together, football yes. media guys, you know, Shock is a regular contributor now, that we have that relationship. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, let's get to the questions here. Don, what's happened with Everton? They've really responded since the points deduction. What do you attribute that to? Of course, they won uh, 2-0 against Burnley today in the Sean Dyche Derby. Oh, oh. Siege <laughs> mentality, Seb. Since they've been done and docked 10 points, I mean, I tell you what's pretty scary. I mean, they've got together, they've used this as sort of fuel and the seize mentality. But I tell you what, the scary thing for Man United fans just watching on, if Everton weren't deducted 10 points, Everton would be one point behind Man United. Mm. That's how good their form's been. I'm pretty sure since they got the points deduction, they are fourth in the form, guys. Unbelievable. There you go. Siege mentality. I like that from ah. Don. We've only played about three games since he put points deduction on there. I think that's right. Yeah. More than that. More than that. Just hey, man, four hey. or five. But they're, they're fourth in the form guy. Oh, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, man. 
If you ever wonder where you are in the league, it's a compressed yeah. form, guys. Yes, very compressed. <laughs> Small sample size. <laughs> Select sample size. Do you think the Man City players are motivated at all to play the Club World Cup in Saudi Arabia? How do you think Pep will approach this tourney? Shaka, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I, I think you get there, you, you try to win it. Um, that's not an issue. I, I think it also gives... I'm going to use a phrase here that I know Don Don absolutely hates. Mm -hmm. It gives City a free hit in Aww. terms of in terms of games Shut. and trying to trying to address some of their issues. All right. Why do you hate Why do you hate free hit, Don? Because no game is ever a free hit. Not one game is ever a free hit. Club World Cup is. <laughs> well, it's not. What if they lose? What if they lose it and get injuries? It's the worst free hit ever. <laughs> well. I'll tell you what wasn't a free hit. Don's uh, internet. That wasn't a free hit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it might have been free what, and it was taking uh, hits. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what happened to Craig a couple of weeks ago? Because the other week, because I, I tweeted about karma when he was taking the mickey mm -hmm. out of me getting done at a cash point. Yeah. What happened to him? So that's he not actually done. that's not actually Craig's internet. That's just the producer muting him from time to time every once uh, in a while. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought something happened to him. No, no. People people write in and ask to mute Craig. It's a viewer request. <laughs> yes, if you're so right enough. Mute Craig every now and then. Speaking of our viewers, our next question comes from Steve Nichols' Ground Beef. <laughs> and it's a percentage chance, so this, this person definitely watches the show a lot. Don, percentage chance that Eric Ten Hag isn't managing United by January. Isn't. Isn't. Is not the manager. Percentage chance. 20. Oh, really? Oh, so you think he will be there? Yeah, because I just think with the takeover, that's going to happen in and around that sort of time. Uh, they're going to pick up one or two results that might keep him in the job. Then they'll lose a few, which will put him under pressure. And I think we'll see the same sort of story from now to the end of the season. And I don't think we'll make a change um, in Jan. So I'm, I'm thinking they, they might make it in the summer or probably will in the summer. I can't see it in Jan. There's Graham Potter's been linked. Lopetegui's been linked. Um, yeah, so I think they're scratching. Mm. You know that Don, Don makes the same face, his expression is the same face as when Stevie Nichols presented with a shepherd's pie with corn. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he liked that one, did like that one. He, hear, he hears a question about percentage and it's the same expression yeah. in the like. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the wheels turning like, yes, <laughs> it's it's shepherd's pie, but, but it's, it's got corn. Yeah, so uh, is it really? It's a question for me, but it's got percentages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, brilliant. For Shaka, when Arsenal wins the Premier League, do we say Arteta is a genius for whatever decisions and eat a humble pie? Have you been very critical of Arteta? Yeah. For the goalie stuff? Yeah. Okay. If they win the league, are you going to eat He's not got that right, though. Let's be honest. He's not got that no, right. No, no. And that would not seem to be the thing that's going to put them over the top in winning the league. Although I think that's what he believes. That, well, the goalies is yeah. what's going to put them over the top. I don't think you would pull... If you... Like, Ramsdale never did anything to, to no. earn a benching. So, clearly, he's trying to tinker and upgrade. Why would you do it if you don't think that's going to be Listen, the difference? If, if, if Raya all of a sudden turns into the best goalkeeper in the league and that wins them the, the Premier League, absolutely, I will. Um... If he, if he doesn't and they still win the league, I'll say congrats. Um, not sure what else you want from that. <laughs> when was the last time? When, when was the last time a team 
won the Premier League with an on-loan goalkeeper. Ooh. Never happened. Uh, um, uh, hashtag FC Extra Time. Yeah. yeah. You're going to write Hashtag FC Extra Time. Don, you got you questions. Yeah. Never you submit them <laughs> the right way. I agree with. I, I I think Don is right. Yeah. Never. It sounds right. I, so yeah. yeah. Never. Now we're taking Don's yeah, word. That. Yeah, That's yeah. basically <laughs> the bar <laughs> <No. laughs> for accuracy here yeah, extra time. Let's, sounds right. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. None of us really know. There's None a 99% really chance it's never happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, begin, we began the backtracking. <laughs> By the way, did you, you know that uh, when you asked that question to Shaq, Shaq I was kind of slumped over. When he heard the name Arteta and eating humble pie, he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I, what? I, I didn't want to get caught doing oh. a Stevie Nickel with corn <laughs> so I had to put my I had to put my no corn face <laughs> alright this is gonna this is if you thought that Luis Garcia had a bad day uh-huh. right mm-hmm. uh, Atletico Madrid losing Barcelona dropping points this is a bad extra time for Don because we got another percentage oh here we go ah. there it is oh, hang on 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 what is the percentage chance Aston Villa win the Premier League. I thought it was going to be top four. No, win the Premier League, Don. 10%. Okay. Uh, I'm going 10. That's a fighter's chance. Shaka higher or lower? I'm with Don. You know, I've agreed with Don's percentages today. Oh, boy. I didn't didn't say, I said higher or lower. (laughs) I said, I said even money. I said on the money. He's on the money. 10%. I think them and Spurs have got a 10% chance each. Okay. Them and Spurs? Uh, what I'm not going to do here yeah. is I'm not going to ask Don to the other person. You can't give Spurs a 10% chance. Because <laughs> that's Spurs? a real meltdown. <laughs> Go ahead. You see, we, we're on a roll, Don. I agree with you on, on the 20% for Ten Hag. I agree with you on the 10% for Villa. Villa. Yes. For Villa. Yeah. But you can't give Spurs 10%. Why not? Well, uh, well, I guess you can, but I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you, can give, you can give them as much as you want, but I disagree with oh, you. Oh, come on. argue percentages with Don, that's fine, but I have a flight to catch. So go, hey, let's go, let's, let's hey, be honest. Hey, by the way, go for it. Ask him the rest exactly. of the percentages. Yeah. Ask no. him the rest. Yeah, let, let, Do it. Yeah, yeah, ask him. Do it. There's no way he could go 20, 10, and then 70% between, between who? City, Liverpool, City, I'm Arsenal. Ready. Hit me. Yeah. Go on, Don. Hit me. Hold on, go on. Hit me. Liverpool, 30. Okay. Man City, 30. Right. Arsenal, 20. Right. You're already over. You're already over. 10. (laughs) Tottenham, 10. That's Ah. that's 110%. Uh, That's 110%. That's 100. It's 100. It's 100. It's 100 right there on it. I guess that NASA internship didn't turn out. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 60 between uh, City and Liverpool, 20 for Arsenal, so we're at 80, and then a couple 10s. Yes. You said 20 for Arsenal? Boom. Yeah. 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 You're right, Shaq. Wow. How's <laughs> yeah. them power rankings looking, Shaq? Oh, yeah, oh. honestly. How's oh. the power rankings looking, Shaq? A lot of money on, on Don hitting right. 100 there. Uh, Ale and Seb, how disappointing is it that MLS is essentially dropping out of the U.S. Open Cup and only allowing MLS Next Pro clubs to oh. participate? This was announced uh, Let me yesterday. Just say, Will this hurt the growth of soccer in the U.S.? Let me just say, I came in today, mm-hmm. you know, relaxing as I do. Uh-huh. In walks Senor Salazar. Mm-hmm. Angry. First thing he says, would you believe? <laughs> would you believe they're out of the open? I'm not this is they're, just, they're just killing soccer in the U.S. They just don't care about anything. I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, afternoon, Seb. 
Honestly. Here's some jerk chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have some jerk. shut you up. <laughs> yeah, have some jerk chicken. Have some jerk chicken. You'll feel better. Obviously, I'm Ooh. bitter about this. I'm sure it'll be discussed on the next Football Americas. Ale, as somebody who's played in Open Cup and MLS, what do you think? Well, let, let me just put it to you this way. Does Liverpool play the FA Cup? Yes. Does Real Madrid play Copa del Rey? Mm-hmm. Does Juventus play Coppa d'Italia? I think so, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that the LA Galaxy is not good enough to play in the Open Cup? Or too good, yeah. Well, what? Yeah. Or that, uh, I should frame that uh, differently, that the Open Cup is not good enough for the LA Galaxy to participate or whatever other MLS team. This is one of those where you just kind of go, what are we doing? And why, why does this even come up? And why is, is this even an option? And what, what is the purpose of this? Of diminishing the importance of the oldest competition, soccer competition in this country. Why devalue the importance of the competition? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. And let me tell you, it's not like I love playing an Open Cup because usually came in midweek, whatever, travel, so on and so forth. But you begin to appreciate the importance of the competition, given the tradition of the competitions, and given the fact that other teams, major teams around the world, are playing in their own cup competitions and they give it the importance that it requires. So, I look, if it's good for Manchester City, if it's good for Liverpool, if it's good for Real Madrid and Barcelona, I think it should be good enough for the LA Galaxy. Yeah, we don't have a lot of history uh, here in terms of American soccer, but the U.S. Open Cup is one of those things yeah. with, with a, a long history. Did you play in the Open Cup? Absolutely he did. I thought so. Absolutely Any he memories did. Memories from your Open Cup. <laughs> <laughs> should have cancelled it. Yeah. Should have cancelled it a long time ago. If you that's, why you, that's why you. That's why you didn't want. That's why you weren't interested in having the open cup debate. In 2005. If yeah. you ask me. Uh, Ale, just quickly, what happened in the uh, showdown between you two in the open? Let's go. Let's go. Well, don't you have a flight to catch? I do. It was a beautiful, warm afternoon in Houston, Texas. Uh, God. When Shaka Hislop was in goal, made a couple of saves, was keeping the game close, but then I'd won nothing. Him and his center back running to each other, take other at the other <laughs> center back out, and who's there to tap it in? This guy! <laughs> don't encourage him, Don. Don't encourage him. Go on, Alex. Go, don't, don't encourage hey, him, Don. Hey, Don, you know where Let I score? Let's have his moments, hey, Jack. Hey, you know where I score, Don? From my kind of range! My kind of range! <laughs> It's the magic of the cup. <laughs> I think what they refer to it as the magic. Uh, uh, by the way, three nothing final score. Three there you go. Final score: Houston Dynamo beating FC Dallas. I'm overdue. Should have cancelled it long time ago. <laughs> All right, last long. question here. Put your mayor on the table, Shaq. Put your mayor's hat on the table. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don. Final question for you: Who are you supporting if Liverpool no. plays Everton? Oh. No, I can't do it. Oh. I can't do it. All right. I refuse to do it. Shepard's playing with corn again. Do you, <laughs> do you enjoy it when Liverpool and Everton play? Or, or do you not even enjoy no, it? No, no, I don't. Because I can't win. I can't win. Because everyone wants me to choose and I won't do it because I love my time at Liverpool, but I captained Everton. So if I say, if I say I the team, I'm going to lose 50% to Merseyside. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Been negative. Yeah. Well, it's tough times, you know. Percentages, Liverpool, <laughs> Everton. There's a lot that uh, corn in the shepherd's pie. Just can't buying. do it. Just can't do it. I've played. I'm playing currently for 20% of the Premier League. Tw- uh, I don't know. 
Uh, what? Did he just leave us on a percentage? That's, that's a bold move, brother. That is a bold move. A percentage that he didn't even understand. <laughs> More percentages in the uh, next edition of ESPN FC. We hope you'll catch us then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 